0: your promises are yes and amen and lord may we not just be singing words but holding on to the truth that we can rest in your faithfulness that's where our confidence comes from it's from you not from ourselves so lord i just pray that as we just transition now that you would just bless our time together thank you worship and thank you amen please take a seat thank you Well, good morning and um, welcome from me uh, to St. John's, South End. For those of you who don't know me, my name's Linda. I'm part of the church family here. And it's an absolute pleasure to share with you this morning as we embark on another journey. We're journeying with Jesus in 2023. Woo! Yeah. (laughs) That's what that deserves. Now you may have all seen the headlines, um, magazine covers, your social media feeds, various places all screaming at us. New year, new year. Well I've seen those. <laughs> so I wonder how you're feeling about 2023. What thoughts may have gone through your mind this past week or so? And like me, you may have been making plans. I've been making plans. You may be making plans to hit the gym. No? Okay. All right, all right. Let's try another one. Learn a new language. No? Okay, okay. (laughs) Or maybe even look for a new job. Some people might be looking for things like that. Yeah? Okay, thank you at the back there. That was good. Thank you. Um, But some of us may have also been making plans in 2023 for things that we want to stop this year. I'll leave that one with you. Now, the thought of a new year may fill us all with some kind of negative connotation. Some of us don't want anything new. In actual fact, some people would like things to stay exactly as they are now, whereas other people may be filled with absolute dread to think that 2023 will be just same old, same old. Wherever we are at, There's no judgment here, you know, wherever we are, wherever we fall on that sort of continuum, we do not have to depend on that mantra new year, new you. Because for those of us with a relationship with Jesus, He's already made us new. So we start this new year, um, we do it with complete confidence and assurance in our hearts that our year and our world does not rely on fate or some kind of force. Our world, as believers, is ruled by a Father in heaven who calls us into fellowship with his Son, Jesus Christ. And over the next three weeks, we're going to look at our fellowship with Jesus, our fellowship with one another, as we look at the subject of vocations. Vocations. Now the God of the Bible, we all know this, is the God of love. And this year, more than any year that has gone by, it is his purpose that we're going to focus on. It is his promise that's going to draw us in. And it is his resolution that never fails. Before we just start looking at the scriptures, I'm just going to pray for us together. So let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that all our lives take place in your sight. Nothing is hidden from you. You know everything about us. You know when we sit and when we rise. You perceive our thoughts from afar and are familiar with all our ways. As we open your word, we ask, Holy Spirit, that you would help us to understand, reflect and apply all that we read in the scriptures. Be our teacher, we pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So we are going to open up the scriptures. We're going into... john in, in a moment but before i mean you can bring the bibles if you'd like so if you'd like a bible do raise your hand and a bible will be brought to you okay as the bibles are going round i'm just going to carry on the sermon title today um it might be on a slide i'm not sure Uh, No, okay, the sermon title today is, What is a Vocation? So I'm just going to just describe uh, what it says in the dictionary, basically, about a vocation. A vocation in the dictionary is a person's employment, their main occupation, a strong suitability for some profession or trade or career. And the word vocation comes from the Latin word vocari, which means calling, Now, we're going to look at a vocation from a Christian perspective as a call to love and serve. And a vocation for us as believers, it initiates itself in the heart of our God. And it is the way that God invites us to love and serve, you know, others. Um, And it's not simply giving our skills, our expertise, or our know-how. It's about offering our whole self in a path of righteousness, in a path to holiness, in a sense. Now, we may be familiar with all kinds of vocations. Um, You don't need to be in religious circles long, and you'll hear words like callings to the priesthood, the religious life, um, the married life or single life. Now, all of those vocations, they're quite different, but at the core of each one, there is a commitment to love at the core of each of those. So we're gonna explore this a little deeper. If you want to turn with me to John chapter 15, it's on page 1,083 of the church Bibles, and we're reading from verses nine to 17. Now as we, um, many of us I'm sure are familiar with our Bibles and we can read through the Bible and see vocations and callings on loads of people. And I've just picked out a couple of things just to point out. This is how the Lord called Jeremiah. Before I formed you in your mother's womb, I chose you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you to be a prophet to the nations. Now vocations are for everyone, not just some elite few, or for people on a platform. Vocations are for everyone. And Jesus demonstrated this to us in the Bible, in the gospels. We all know that he called an ordinary, very ordinary group of fishermen, and he used them to radically change the world and made them fishers of men. I am absolutely convinced that the vocation, the calling on our lives for every single believer is that whatever we do and wherever we do it, we are designed to bear fruit. That's what we should look like. Now, you've got your finger in your Bible. Let's just go back to John chapter 15 because I've made some notes that I just kind of want to share. Now, For those of you who are familiar with John chapter 15, it's a much-loved passage for many of us, the vine and the branches. And I'm sure many of you know that Jesus is writing these words as a man who knows he's about to die. So if you imagine it, it's like someone on their deathbed and they're giving you their last instructions. He reminds us and he does it really simply and I just love the way Jesus is so simple I am the vine you are the branches it's not complicated it's just very very simple he maps out in John chapter 15 the solution for us to a life of flourishing and fruitfulness and he also says that he expects this of every believer it's for all of us to bear fruit So just look with me in verse 2 of John chapter 15. It says this. He cuts off every branch that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes, so that it will be even more fruitful. And in verse 4, he says, Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. And in verse 5, If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. And in verse 8, This is to my Father's glory, that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. And repeating again verse 16, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you would go and bear fruit. Now, I just want to just pause, press the pause button just there for the moment. Let's just think about what fruitfulness is. You know, just think about that for a minute. Now, the ultimate goal of being fruitful in our lives is to give glory to God. We're not fruitful for ourselves. We're fruitful because we are giving glory to God. Now, God is not vain or fame-starved. You know, it's his desire that we know him for who he really is. And that also it's his desire for other people to know him as they look at us. That's God's desire. And God's splendor is not only glimpsed in his acts of sovereign power and grace... It's actually glimpsed when people look at his children. That's all of us. And fruitfulness is not an end in itself. It really is designed, every bit of fruit is designed, if you imagine, to be pointing upwards, pointing to the wonder of our Father. So if our vocation, and I'm going to just give you some different words for that word, if you don't like the word vocation, our calling, our purpose, our mission, if that is to be fruitful, then I have two questions for us this morning. What is fruit bearing and how can we bear fruit? The two things I just kind of want to talk about. So let's consider exactly what fruit we are meant to bear as believers in Christ. And I think that fruit in the chapter we've just read, so in chapter 15, I think it's a really broad term and it's looking at two things, love for people and conversion of those who don't yet know Jesus Christ. Now, I mentioned this before, Jesus doesn't want to complicate this for us. I just want you, if you're a visual person, just visualize a vine with branches because he's really wanting it to be really really simple vine branches he is the vine and we're like these branches shooting off the vine but the vine is the life source so all the life is coming from the vine and we're just these branches shooting off and the fruit is basically an outworking of what has been passed through the through us as branches from the vine So the fruit is the outworking of that. So what exactly is passing from the vine to all of us? What is it? The answer is in verse nine of our reading. As the Father has loved us, or loved loved Jesus, he's talking about, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. Jesus gives us the answer and the answer is love and in John chapter 15 just that section that we're looking at 11 times in 10 verses we see this word remain it's mentioned 11 times and initially Jesus starts talking at the beginning of John chapter 15 and he says things like this he tells us to remain in him which means stay attached to him stay glued to him Stay united with him, as one with him. And then in verse 9, we see his language change. And he changes and he says, remain in my love. Now these words, remain in my love, show us specifically what we receive when we remain in the vine. We receive the sap of divine love love so what we receive from the vine it flows through the branches and the crops out in the fruit of love and it does that because it's for the nourishment of other people the people that we encounter bearing fruit means loving people it means letting the love that we if we remain in the vine If we're constantly united with Jesus, this love thing, imagine it like blood, if you like, flowing, it's just flowing into us and it's for us to give away. Freely we receive, freely we give. That's what it's designed for. That's what we're designed for. Now, in verse 16 of our reading, we read that the reason Jesus has chosen us, he uses that little word, it's so that we would go. And just in that little word we read, we see the echoes of the Great Commission. We are to go and bear fruit. It doesn't say stay or any of those words. It says go. And we go, that going is winning others to Christ. It's sharing what Jesus has done in our lives. um, And also telling people that actually that's available to everybody. And the Apostle John gives us an example of how this actually happens In John chapter 13, and I'll just read what um, the apostle is saying. Jesus says these words, very familiar words to us. A new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. And by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. The most winning and powerful witness we can give in any situation or circumstance is the reality of love now this leads me to my second question how then can we bear fruit now many years ago i read a really wonderful book um, called fruitfulness on the front line and it's a book by a guy called mark green and put simply Whatever we do in our day-to-day lives, um, wherever God may take us in the future, that is our front line. And the front line is simply a place where we serve people. Yeah, wherever that is, God has placed us there to love and serve other people. Now this could be at the gym, in the home, at the supermarket, at the local shop. You could be a banker, a painter, A decorator, an estate agent, a carer, a student, wherever God has placed you, He's placed you there with purpose, and that is your front line. Now, Mark Green, in his book, right at the beginning of his book, he acknowledges, because he doesn't want to dictate to us Christians, he's sort of saying, I'm sure lots of you are bearing fruit, but this is kind of what I've come up with as a way to help you. And he gave in his book some practical pointers. And he called them the six M's. This is the method he used for us to encourage us to bear fruit, fruit that will last. Now, number one, M number one, was model godly character. In tough times and in easy times. With difficult people and with delightful people. Now, some of you have heard me speak before about my encounters with sandpaper people. Now, these are people who rub us up the wrong way. And these are people who we may rub up the wrong way. Now, this doesn't apply to any of you, okay? None of you, because you are all in this room far too nice. But I'm just sharing with you my experience, okay? Now, for those of you who are familiar with sandpaper, now, I know there's a few of you here. I can see you in the audience there in the congregation. Um, those of you familiar with sandpaper, there are six main sandpaper grits, and they range from coarse to medium to fine to extra fine. And the grit of the sandpaper, that it's measured, that's like the abrasive material on the sandpaper itself. That's how it's measured. That is right, isn't it? Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Just speaking to the builders in the the, uh, congregation. And sometimes the sandpaper can range from coarse, which we could consider the difficult people, to extra fine, and we can consider those to be the delightful people. People that are easy to interact with, that kind of thing. But in order for us to navigate the range of people that we may encounter on our day-to-day journeys... The Lord has filled each one of us with the fruit of the Spirit. As believers in Christ, we can manifest the fruit of the Spirit any time, in any situation. So we can manifest love, joy and peace, kindness, goodness and gentleness, faithfulness, patience and self-control, that's already been put in us and we can manifest that because it's a gift that's been given to each one of us as believers a modeling godly character it begins with loving the person that the lord has put in front of you in your path it's choosing to love them however difficult that is number two was making good work in mark's book And this includes not only our paid work, but our voluntary work. This also, I would describe this as, it's not what we do, but it's how we do it. It means doing good work that serves other people, contributes to human flourishing and stewarding creation. It's doing the right thing even when the boss isn't looking or isn't there. And Paul the Apostle said this to the believers at Colossae. Whatever we do, work with it at all our heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters, since we know that we will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ we are serving. M number three, minister, grace, and love. Now this isn't always to do easy to do. In essence, this is how we respond in different situations, sometimes difficult situations. Are we able to minister grace and love, regardless of how hard the situation is? This is how we engage with people in our day-to-day lives, um, especially those people who are different to us. And M number four, molding culture. And this is what Mark said. He said that culture is the way things get done around here. And he, he encouraged us to think about things that bother us, those things that irritate us, and the values that maybe underpin them. What could be done differently? What could we do to make a situation on earth like it is in heaven? And number five, being a mouthpiece for truth and justice. Justice. There will be times in our lives where being a disciple of Jesus Christ is really, really difficult. We may have to speak up against things that are unfair, unhealthy, or untruthful. And we have a responsibility and a call on our lives to speak up for those things that are true, that are just, and that are good. And it really does take courage to be able to do that, and wisdom, and most of all, it takes lots and lots of prayer. And number six, the last one. He encourages each one of us to be a messenger of the gospel. We need to be ready in every situation to give the reason for the hope that we have. We just have to be ready. You know, Now we don't have to force this or, you know, walk down the high street and just stop everyone and bang them over the head with a Bible. We don't need to do any of that. You know, people are drawn by God's spirit. And he will give us the opportunity and the timing if we just pray and ask him for that. You know, and it's our responsibility to be good witnesses, to share what Jesus has done for us. And he has done a lot for us. So we bear fruit, I'm just going to summarize that, by remaining attached to the vine, remaining in his love, and practicing those six M's modeling godly character, making good work ministering grace and love, moulding culture, being a mouthpiece for truth and justice, and being a messenger of the gospel. And it really is why fruit-bearing is the reason why our vocation is so important. The invitation to follow Jesus is not only just an invitation to spend eternity in his presence, it's an invitation to cooperate with him now, here on the earth until he returns it's to be his hands his feet his face his heart now until he comes back for us now this this might sound oh gosh that's massive how how can we be all of those things it is literally worked out in our day-to-day ordinary lives that's why he chose fishermen just us just little old us. He just will work through each and every one of us. Whether we're like the believers at Colossae or the believers here in our city of South End. Now God is interested all the time in what we do. Because none of us are called to part-time discipleship. Now I don't want to offend anybody say that. We're not called to evening, weekends or Sunday discipleship. We're called to whole life discipleship. And that's why he's interested in everything that we do. But in being called to whole life discipleship, we can be confident that Jesus is with us. He's the one working through us and in us. Everything we do, everything we do, has the capacity to kind of cooperate with God's mission in the world. For example, I can really talk about this in here There are many, many generous people I've encountered in this church family. Now, people are generous with their time, their money, their hospitality. Now, generosity, giving of yourself, is just such a beautiful, it's just a beautiful act, isn't it? And I really believe that generosity is a foretaste of heaven, of what it will be like, because heaven, as we know, is full of abundance and there is no lack. So it's as if God has given us all an opportunity to just be generous. And those opportunities are gonna come up next Sunday and the Sunday after. Can we be generous and giving of ourselves and getting involved in the things that make all of this function? Every single Christian has a part to play in God's mission. Um, Every single one of us are designed to be fruitful. And as I end really, I'm just gonna refer back again to John chapter 15. The words of a dying man. And I don't know, you know, if when I leave this earth, if I have time to say a few words, I wonder what those words would be. But one thing I do know, they must be important. They must be words that the person wants us to to really land with us, you know? Jesus tells us, doesn't he, that we will bear fruit if we stay attached to the vine, remain in his love. He tells us that if we don't, Everything we do, it will come to nothing. May this really be our heart's cry and our corporate prayer to discover an ever deeper experience of remaining in Christ and even more than that, remaining in his love because that is the way to fruitfulness. Let us pray. Father, we do just thank you that you know the plans that you have for each and every one of us. We thank you for your Son, our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. And we thank you that he is the vine and we are the branches. We ask, Lord, that you would help us to stay attached to the vine, receiving your life-giving love all the days of our lives. We choose this morning to surrender our lives again to you. Would you be glorified, Lord God, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. The band are going to play a couple of songs before we close today. Um, I'm conscious that we are, you know, we're journeying with Jesus in 2023. There are so many of us, many people here that I know personally who are faithful servants of the Lord. If you want someone to just pray through anything, you know, if you want to just say, Lord, here I am, you know, as it says in the scriptures, the Lord is saying, Who can I send? Here I am. Send me. If that's you, then please just come over to the chapel at the end of the service or, you know, one of us, me, whoever, would love to just pray. We could just meet together and pray about remaining in Jesus' love. It's his love that wins this world. He won us because of his love. He died on a cross because of his love. So I'll just leave that with you and we'll have an opportunity to pray after the service. Thank you.